So for our listeners, because there are a lot, like I said, it's it's actually amazing because it's, I mean, literally it's awesome. We've got these college kids coming to the gym and saying, hey, thanks for, you know, talking down about smart cities. What do we do to stop it? So what would you tell these, you know, these college kids that are concerned when, because they, they receive the, you know, Klaus Schwab talk about, you'll own nothing, be happy. They see them talk about these things and then they see a lot of these things, I will tell you, appears like we're starting to see in our own backyard. What would you tell these kids uh, that are concerned about this? And then you see the point, which is literally a 15 minute city and you see their website and it mirrors very much some of the things you see on the World Economic Forum and they're concerned. What would you tell to some of these youth? And welcome to We Are The People Radio. This is your host, Jason Preston. And again, with my lovely co-host, Alexia Preston. How you doing, baby? I thought we were going to change it to an alias. (laughs) That's right. Still fighting crime, though, right? Still fighting crime. Absolutely. There's a lot of crime to fight in Utah. Oh, indeed. That'll keep you busy all the time, right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. Well, we got got an exciting show, but we always have an exciting show because Utah is full of exciting things. Mm -hmm. Today, um, I'm pumped because... We've got someone on here that I think is, is very special. Um, you know, everyone talks about, you know, the president. Everyone talks about, uh, you know, the, the, our, our federal, you know, Mike Lee. We talk about uh, Romney. But in my book, the most important people in, in government are actually your state representatives. Absolutely. Um, it, they, they should have the Constitution really gave them far more power than, than the federal, than the government, than the, than, in a sense, than the president. Because the laws that are made by your state reps sh- should have the most impact on your lives. Obviously, as a nation, we've moved far away from what our founding fathers gave us, and the federal government has bloated and gotten out of control. But I believe the path to getting back to the form of government our founding fathers gave us was restoring power to our state reps. Uh, you look at Florida, and the one of the reasons everyone loves Florida is Florida is taking control of their state. They're winning their backyard. And if, and to, and we believe the path to getting this, this country back is getting our states back. And so today we've got a couple special guests and I'm going to turn it over to my beautiful wife to introduce our guests. Excellent. Well, let's start with uh, House Majority Leader Mike Schultz. We're honored to have you in today. A little bit about Mike. He is up in House District 12. Uh, he's been a House Majority Leader for two years now but been in the house for nine years. He is a Utah native with six kids, an avid hunter, uh, and lives up in the Hooper area. Did I say that right? Oh, you got it wrong. Oh, Hooper. Hooper. I swear it might get right. Jeez, Alexia, what, you embarrass us right off the gates. <laughs> it's but, he, but he's a big hunter. Man, my wife's yeah. from New York, so she hasn't done a lot of hunting. And uh, one of the things, do you ever hunt to jackalopes? I've never uh, the, even seen a jackalope, I, although I've I, seen I, pictures, but t- maybe you, I'll get there. Yeah, you'll have to tell my wife about hunting jackalopes. I don't know, because that's a big thing that people hunt out here. Yeah, we don't hunt those in the East Coast. <laughs> At least not in New York City, that's for sure. <laughs> well, Jason, Alexi, I appreciate the opportunity to come on your show and have a conversation with you and your listeners. And yeah. I, I, I think you teed it up very well, because I truly do believe that your state representatives do have the power to make a difference in your daily lives for good or for bad, right? right. I'll never forget when I first ran uh, for office, I, 
uh, reached out to uh, time Congressman Rob Bishop, and I did a town hall with him. And uh, he introduced me, and he said it very similar. He's like, I can't do a whole lot in your daily lives, honestly, because Washington's broken, but I'm going to introduce you to someone who can actually make a difference in your daily lives. And so to hear you introduce uh, the state representatives in that way, it, you're spot on in that, in, in that assessment. That, yeah. that, that it should be. The power should be vested with the states. That's yeah. the way our Constitution Abs- ab- was founded. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and for our viewers at home, if you don't know who your state reps <clears throat> are, you know, you should have a relationship with them. You should at least know what their names are and, and have an ongoing dialogue because it's good to pay attention and they're a good resource for you. So if you don't know who they are, look them up. Yeah. So who else we got on this show of ours today? Awesome. Well, we have another superstar and that would be Jen. Jennifer. Hi. Welcome, Jennifer. What do we know Hi. about Jennifer? You- oh, it's, Jennifer is a real special. <laughs> we, we love her here. She is a citizen living in Utah who's been studying the port. Um, we will discuss uh, the port today in particular. She works with a lot of different groups. And we're going to leave it right at that. Bingo. <laughs> Bingo. I love it. She's low key. I like it. See, this is what I got to start doing when you introduce me. Just one name, like Madonna, <laughs> you know, just Jen. Yep. Just don't right. call me Bob. All right, babe. No. <laughs> uh, you already got the one word, babe. But thank you, Jen. You, you really are. You really are very special to us. So no, thank, thank you for you. joining. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, so I want to thank Jen because Jen actually made this happen. We're, we're pumped uh, to have Mike Schultz here today. Um, it's an honor to have you. And Jen's the one that made it happen. And one of the things, if, if you've watched the show, one of the things you've heard us talk a lot about is, is the Inland Port. And there are obviously, uh, we, we've had some very big concerns with the Inland Port. Um, and, you know, Jen, I want to kind of turn it over to you because you understand the port pretty well. And tell us, you know, why and, and, our, and our listeners and viewers. Oh, you got something to. Yes. OK, see that she's. <laughs> what do you got, baby? Where can they find us? Oh, jeez. <laughs> see, that's why I got to have this woman here. You have your computer, so you have <clears throat> really no excuse. Shh, 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 stop talking. <laughs> All right. If you're not following us, <clears throat> please. The best place, go to our website, wearethepeople.org, because YouTube just thinks we're great to take our stuff down. Yes. I think YouTube just loves it. They like to keep it all to themselves. They're so greedy. Yes. Uh, but on our website, we have it all. But if next best is go to Rumble, uh, and really all of all the podcast channels were there, Instagram, and it's all We Are The People UT Utah. So just think We Are The People UT. Uh, follow us on Rumble, all the social media. And as Jen likes to remind me, go to Twitter, we are, we are the UT. Yes. Boom. Did, yeah, I do it? did I do it, baby? Yes, you did. Did you do good? And, we'll, and we're going to be a lot more engaged on the dumpster fire that is Twitter because, you know what? People hey, we've got a big announcement. We hit 20K on, on Instagram oh, yeah. today. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Kind of famous. Yeah. Kind of famous. And, and I'll tell you what's cool. It's mostly all Utah. Yeah. And by the way, our, and, and what's cool, you know what the biggest age demographic is on our Instagram? What? 20K. Men 18 to 24. Awesome. That is really neat and exciting. That's that's seriously cool, right? So there's a lot of, like, we're at the gym all the time. we got these young men come up, and they're wearing the shirts, and they're saying, hey, (laughs) smart cities. So they're they're waking up. They're like, these young young men, they're like, and and so it's it's awesome because if we're going to get the state back and the country back, you need the young men. So let's go uh, to our uh, guys out there on uh, Instagram. Thank you, guys. So without further ado, now that we have the big special (laughs) announcement, Jen. Yes. What is up with inland port why should our if for those who don't know what it is why should they be concerned sure um what's 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 up with that so 
as your audience probably knows, because they saw the previous when I talked about the port, um, my biggest concerns with the port have been that it seemed to have its tentacles in everything, that we created a public infrastructure district act for it, basically. It, it appears that way. Um, and it kind of made it Hulk-level smash authority, you know, um, in Utah. And the other big concern, which I'm really glad the word's gotten out on ESG, that's been where I was really, really worried was what was going to be forced upon Utah with or without our consent because this port, and I'm just quoting all of these different, you know, um, white papers, articles, et cetera, but that it's going to be the economic global hub, you know, international economic global hub, all of these things. So that's where my concern has been because I think we're, we can all see where things are going right now, and it's not in a good direction. And so um, I was grateful that um, Representative Schultz said he'd come on because he's newer to it, and there's a new um, director and things like that. So I have been studying the port the whole time, which had different people obviously before, and now we've got new people in. And so I'm hoping with new people we can right the ship, more okay. or less. So that's what we're going to be. That is the main crux of what we're going to be talking about today is the inland port. Um, <clears throat> again, if you're not familiar with it, you can go back to some of our old shows where we've, we've dug in deep, and, and it is a real concern. Um, so that, that's what we're going to be talking about. But before we <clears throat> jump into that, I do want to thank Mint Solar um, for making it possible to do this show. This show is brought to us by Mint Solar. Uh, we have some incredible people out there that, are, that really believe in getting this message out, that believe in freedom, that believe in, in Utah. And, uh, you know, you can go to mintsolar.com, but check them out because the thing that, that makes them different is it's not just about having solar panels. It's about having the ability to use that when the power's out, having batteries, having the ability to, to have power when the lights go out uh, and when the grid goes down. So check out mintsolar.com. Now, Mike, before you jump into yeah. this, I would actually like to hear from you because um, I don't want you to just let's, let's jump into the grill, grilling you. <laughs> <laughs> I want to know this, yeah. you know, from, from where you sit in, uh, in Utah, the capital, what do you see right now as the biggest issue facing Utah? What concerns you the most? Oh, well, I wasn't ready for that question. But <laughs> That's an easy one, bro. <laughs> I haven't even got into the crazy questions. <laughs> I'm trying to be nice here. <laughs> You're like ready this for the, the tough, tough stuff. Question. Yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, there, there's several things that concern me about Utah. Yeah. And I think one of the biggest things is the growth that we're experiencing. We're the fastest growing state in the nation. Wow. Um, most of our growth in the past has came from our kids and our own, having our own kids. Um, that changed during COVID. Um, we saw in migration to Utah numbers skyrocket during COVID because Utah stayed fairly, I mean, we were all kind of batshit crazy for a little <laughs> bit, right? But Utah stayed somewhat normal, um, and especially compared to the rest of the nation. And so we had a lot of people move out of some of these more liberal cities and states and come to Utah. And I feel like I'm not talking into yeah, the That's good. That's good. That's that good. Better? You're on it. Yeah. And so we've seen this unprecedented growth. And one of the things that really worries me is, you know, I don't worry so much about the growth with our kids, our own kids, because I think for the most part, they, they're, they're being raised with a lot of Utah values. Uh, but when you have uh, 
people moving in from other parts of the country and the more liberal parts of the country, that really worries, worries me that they may bring their politics with them. And so I think that's concerning. Uh, did, does Utah stay red or does it become like Colorado? Does it become like Nevada and now like Arizona? So that's concerning to me. And I think naturally, I mean, I haven't looked at the statistics, but we've had some viewers approach us. You know, we have borders that are wide open right now. Mm-hmm. And there's only 3 million people yeah. in the state of Utah, you know, and change. But I, I've seen that growth that you, you talk about. And yeah. I wonder how much of that is this uncharted growth coming through the southern border and how we're able to absorb that because you talk about values and I'm sure there's plenty of people coming through the border that need refuge but there's also cartels there's also terrorists there's actual real threats coming and and that's naturally getting absorbed into cities to see what's happened over the last three years on our southern border is absolutely scary absolutely yeah yep atrocious all right well appreciate you sharing that and I think that's a concern to a lot of people um, so are you thinking we have a uh, pass of some legislation that uh, only uh, conservatives can move into Utah? <laughs> <laughs> I've seen a couple really good ideas for billboards. <laughs> I think we ought to look at, at take it one step uh, further, absolutely, and look at some legislation on that. I'll, we'll get one of the reps on, on that. That's a really good idea. Well, I, like I like that a lot. Well, I will give a shout-out to our California conservatives, because here's the other thing, too, is I will tell you when we run for office – some of our biggest supporters were actually Californians. Yeah. People uh, who, even Oregon, Portland. Oregon, yeah. Portland. Yeah, people who, f- who have been fleeing there because they, they are looking for a, a place, refuge. A, a refuge. <laughs> yeah. And I'll tell you, the, the cool thing about them is they come here, and when they realize the corruption is going in here, they're like, they're digging in. They, yeah. they actually have become more, some of our biggest supporters because they realize, look, if we can't make it work in Utah, there's nowhere else to go. They don't want to see Utah become like the Yeah, so those are actually some of our and, and, and I do think there is a misconception about Utah, and I'm yeah. just going to approach this head on. Let's bring it, baby. Uh, even when, when we moved here, I mean, you're from here originally, but when I moved here from the East Coast, I thought I was moving to the reddest state, you know, yeah. truly conservative state. But uh, we were just back in Florida and, you know, just – you know, the, in Davis County with the Bible being banned, yeah. I was on a street corner listening to people say, oh, well, that happened in Utah? How can that be possible? That's it's amazing. The, it's it? a conservative state. So I don't think Utah really is that red state that people conceive it to be. Back to one of my I don't know. He him, might, he, him might disagree <laughs> with you. Governor, he, him. <laughs> yeah. well, back to one of my biggest concerns. Where, where are we going? I do think uh, since COVID, I truly do believe Utah has become a little more conservative mm-hmm. than what it was previously. And you see that reflected in our legislature. Um, if you look at the, the House, both the House and the Senate, it is more conservative today than it was two years ago. Okay. Yeah, but Can we I also jump in? yes, yeah. jump no, in, please. Um, and I've seen this actually repeated, and, and it might have been, but from somebody who reads the bills and has been reading the bills, bring it. <laughs> I've been seeing um, a steady increase on some pretty horrific bills. Yeah in the last few years, like really, really bad bills. Um, and I I don't know the reason for that per se, other than either people aren't reading the bills. And I saw how many <laughs> the past year, it's crazy, the amount that you guys are supposed to read. I don't think that's possible. And so I think that that obviously needs to be discussed is the amount of bills that are even allowed to get, you know, passed or be, I guess, submitted, right? Um, but... I, yeah, I don't know that it was the most conservative. I think people thought they might have been doing some conservative things, and I think that's across the board, and they didn't 
it, it was not so conservative. Can, can I jump in on that yeah. real quick? <clears throat> yeah. You know, it's 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 easy to paint good, bad, right? Right. We we so under that, you know, and, and that's that's the world we live in. All conservatives are this, all white people are this, all black people are this, and it's just not that way. And it's easy for people like us say all politicians are X. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's it's but I also know it's just not that way too. And and, and one of the things I've I've come to understand is we have I think we've got a lot of good politicians and reps who and who just and this is a problem I think we have in Utah is and this is what I've come to understand is is there's so many bills that are pushed through in such a short period of time to part-time legislators that they don't have time to read the bills and they're relying on lobbyists and they're relying on leadership and interns. Yeah. To, to, and, and they're just passing this stuff. And then she, then we got these, these researchers that dig in the bills and they're like, Oh my gosh, look at this, this, and this. And they'll reach out to the reps and the reps like, I had no idea. And so I see this as a real problem. And I know this wasn't initially what we're getting into as I want to get into the port, but since it's come up, tell us, tell us your thoughts on that because that's, how do we fix that? And and is that a real issue? Well, some people would say you fix it by making legislative session longer, which I totally disagree (laughs) with. Right. I mean, to me, I think that's one of the things that makes Utah great is the fact that we only have a 45 day session. We are the shortest legislative session out of anywhere in the country. And it allows for a citizen legislator, legislature, so that you don't have full-time politicians living in, uh, basically spending all their time in Salt Lake City in session during the whole time. We have to pass the bills. We have to go home and live with those same bills that get passed. And so I think that we really need to always make sure that Utah never grows that beyond the 45 days. Now, there are some things uh, that... uh, Know, the, the, some negatives uh, to a 45-day session, and it, it and it is the timing, right? Um, and so, you know, most of the, the majority of the bills that get passed actually benefit Utahns and don't take away uh, rights. In fact, most of them, a lot of them, expand and give a lot of things back that had been taken away in the past. Uh, so, not all ba- bills are bad. Certainly, there's always some things that are in bills that get missed or. Or, and, and it does. It happens. And sometimes we have to come into special session and fix them. Sometimes we'll fix them the next year, depending on how bad it is. But there, there are some things that get passed every year that are concerning. I would absolutely agree with that and, and think that, you know, if, if we can find, you know, having a few less bills is not a bad thing. So how, how do we fix that? Because I've, I've actually had some reps that have talked about that problem is there's so many bills, they yeah. don't have time to read them. And just they're just getting them pushed through. So how do you, how do you fix that? Well, we've tried it. Something that we've taken up. Um, we, we actually, you get so many as a legislator that are uh, priority bills that you get called to where you're pretty much guaranteed to have at least four bills apiece. Um, we took and increased that number just a little bit to make sure that because not all people will have four bills. And so if we give a few more to people that aren't going to use them, then maybe you take a few away from people that, that, that are going to use them and pass 10, 12, 15 bills, right? Uh, that didn't work. Um, so, you know, it's a, it's a fair question. It's something that we need to look at, honestly, um, and the amount of bills that get passed in the time. Um, but, you know, overall, it's a pretty good process. I, real, I will defend the process for the most part. It's a pretty good process, not to say that it doesn't have problems because it does but you look at other states we're pretty lucky i i agree with the 45 day i don't want it to go do do you think it would help just thinking out loud to split it up you know still have the 45 days but then break it up so that you have time in between 
Does that almost catch up? I, I don't think so because that, that, that my concern is that it would get extended beyond the Yeah, he's days. right. They'd extend it. I, I, I just, I really think the, the process that we have in place is one of the best in the nation. It does come with some, some, some downfalls, um, but, uh, you know, I think there's always ways to improve it. We'll continue to look at it and see if there's ways and things that we can do to make it better. Yeah, you see, look, at, on a federal level, there's some really terrible bills that got passed this year. Mm. And sometimes the, the issue is multi-subject legislation, yeah, where the things are getting it, exactly, mm. that are getting snuck in there. And then there's certain bills, like the inflation reduction, which, how many pages was that? It was like... That had nothing to do yeah. with inflation reduction, <laughs> did just the opposite, right? Right. Yeah. No, right. and we, we, we have that. You cannot have the multi-subject omnibus bills in the state of Utah. Our Constitution protects great. that, thank goodness. That's great. So let's jump into the port. <clears throat> Thank yeah. you for, thanks for addressing that, because that is a concern that um, I still don't know the answer to, but it is a problem, because, again, it's... Yeah, I mean, that is, that is the main job, is to pass legislation, and if we don't know what's in there, and, it's, and there's things that are snuck in there, or things that we didn't find, it's hard to point the finger at someone when, but again, it's like that's, that, is, that, is the, that is the main job of legislation, is to know what's in the bills. And, that's, and when there's so much push through... They're not able to read it. That's a dangerous thing. So, yeah, I don't. I, uh, go ahead. Can I ask a question? Going back to <coughs> the issue of of us losing the conservativeness. Is that even a word? Conservativeness. Sure. The it conservative is. If you, if you use it, it's it's it's, 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 it's on air. Just use it with boldness, baby. Yeah, it's conservativeness. <laughs> Do you think the GOP, the Utah Republican Party? I know not so much from the legislature, but even just from the voting base. Do you think that it's been infiltrated? Um, I know there's been a big push, especially with some of these elections and certain candidates uh, that are getting, going in, where you have Democrats pushing for people yeah. to switch parties. So do you think that's part of why it's been watered well, down? And you had many of the media jump in yes. and push that as well. We saw that just happen recently, which is really unfortunate. So I can only, I, you know, what's happening overall inside the Republican Party, I, I can't really speak to because I'm not super involved in the day-to-day -day aspects of what's happening inside the Republican Party in the state of Utah. But I can speak to what's happening in the, 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 the legislature. And you have seen, uh, over the last couple of years, you've seen the Senate become more conservative, and you've seen certainly uh, my caucus um, become more conservative in a, a much better way. And a lot of it is because people got tired of what was happening during COVID and some of those things that were happening. And there was, in many places, uh, almost a referendum on some of the people that were in the legislature and we got there were new more conservative people that were elected to fill those positions so how would you define conservative then you know you say that you have this conservative caucus what are your priorities in be in keeping the legislature conservative well i think one of the bi biggest things that you saw this last year um with uh that was one of our caucus's priorities was school choice we passed uh, a school choice bill um, uh, this year. We were the first state in the nation to pass a school choice bill with a two-thirds supermajority vote. The year before that, we got 22 votes on that same bill. Yeah, that's a tough one because that tough one. <clears throat> that, the, the conservatives were very split on that. I actually was against the school choice just because we actually homeschooled our kids. And I, I'm very concerned about giving the government any ability to have any degree to be able to regulate what how I teach my kids, yeah. and, I, and that's my biggest concern with school choice, is it opens the door to 
um, government regulation of our homeschools. And you're already seeing now articles and, and people come out and say, hey, guess we'll look what this extreme stuff is. Well, maybe we need to regulate. So that's my big concern. But I'm not going to fault you there because I know there's a lot of conservatives that were pushing it. So so that's, that's, so, so that's but I definitely have, we'll just have to opinion. keep an eye yeah. on that one. Yeah, no, but let's, <clears throat> that's a fair concern, right? Because <clears throat> the bill that was actually passed is a solid conservative bill. What future legislatures do to that is a very slippery slope. Is something that everybody should be concerned about, but that is that is a fair uh, concern for all areas of government, right? And that's why it's important to make sure that we elect good people to go back and re- represent conservative values. Yeah, well, let's jump to the port because that's that's, yeah. that's that was the main person. <laughs> Sorry, no, no, I great. Com- I mean, look, we can talk, and that's why I'm really thankful you're here. Yeah, um, and I appreciate good dialogue. So. Obviously, you've talked to them at the port. You, you've kind of now you and um, Ben Hart are now running the port. Well, I'm a board, not, I'm a, not running, but go ahead. I'm a board member. There's okay. five board members. I am one of the board members uh, that is uh, on the the, the board. Uh, I ran the bill that actually changed the the whole dynamics of the port, and the, we went from a 11 member, pretty much a bureaucratic uh, political appointee uh, board that was really dysfunctional. Um, uh, there were certainly some really good board members. I'm not, but it was the board was so dysfunctional that uh, the the director, executive director, uh, pretty much just did what he wanted, and that was really problematic. Um, and we had a legislative audit uh, once once the the bill passed, and as the new board took took over. One of the first actions was we called for a legislative audit to go through everything. And we found a lot of concerning stuff. Yeah. So f- I think the first thing we need to do for our viewers that don't know anything about the port, <laughs> can, can we just explain briefly what is the port, why is it significant, and yeah. why we need to d- have so a discussion on absolutely. it? Absolutely. So Utah is the crossroads of the West, right? We all know that, right? I mean, you look at trains. There's a reason why uh, the, the Transcontinental Railroad came through Utah um, because of the geography of the divides in the mountains. Uh, it's the only place that they could get from the east to the west in a reasonable uh, time at a reasonable cost. Similar to the railroads, our freeway systems are built the same way. So uh, if pretty much, uh, you know, if you're ca- traveling east to west or north to, north to south from any major metropolitan areas or major states, you're crossing through Utah. Mm-hmm. 40% of our nation's GDP, 40% of our nation's GDP flows through the state of Utah, if that tells you anything. We have more than double the amount of truck traffic on our Utah roads than any other state in the nation. So, uh, not sorry, not more than any other state, more than uh, the average state in the nation. We have one of the most uh, uh, truck um, uh, per lane mile uh, than any other state, uh, as high as any other state in the nation. And so uh, we have a lot of goods that just naturally flow through the state of Utah. Do you know the long, what the biggest port uh, in the state of, or in the nation is, it's a Long Beach, Long Beach, yeah. Long Beach port in California. Most of that stuff gets unloaded in California through the Long Beach port, and uh, comes through Utah, or if, if it's going, you know, east at all. Um, and um, and this is international. Or, this is stuff coming from everywhere. China, China, everywhere, 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 everywhere. Yes. Um, to me, that is extremely concerning to be that dependent on Long Beach, California, especially what, uh, you know, I mean, it was just in uh, last week they were on strike or threatening to strike. Luckily, it was 
averted, but we've all lived through those strikes that happen in California, right? Well, if we can go and work something out with, let's say, a port in Texas um, who might be a little friendlier to conservative values to Utah, to me, that's a lot better than depending on California. So that's one of the things that we're looking at, right? So what can we do to bring ship, bring goods right off the ship, have it come directly to Utah on a train, and then uh, go out to our citizens and the surrounding states, as they would have already, but then Utah has a bigger say than what California has. So trying to make Utah more independent from the rest of the nation, and certainly California, is one of the biggest things that we're focused on right now with the inland port. <clears throat> Jen, what do you see as the biggest concern about having a port here? Um, ESG, like I said. I mean, there's also trafficking, right, and all of that. That's very big concern. Right. So I'm happy to hear that we're trying to look at other options besides Long Beach because of the yes. connections there. Um, the connections to the trafficking. Well, and I want to say yeah. that the, the, the last leadership really was focused 100% on Long Beach. Yes. We're done with Long Beach. I mean, we're, we're looking at other options. Which is okay, good, that's which good. I'm happy to hear yeah. about. Um, but my, yeah, so my biggest concern is, like I said, ESG, because what happens if, for example, um, we have, you know, medical needs, right? Those are 90% through China, something like that, right? Yeah. And you have people that are sick, but you also have China, for example, saying you are required to do follow these ESG scores, and Utah's saying, no, we're not going to do that. We're held hostage. We're in a situation. So, And that goes beyond just the port. That goes into yeah. what does Utah do to prevent that from happening? But how do we work with our own states, right? But California, for example, would be pushing the ESG score yeah. on us as well. So, how, you know, how do we work with that? So that is a really fair, I mean, especially like the, when I first heard of ESG, I thought there is no way this is even real. Like I, I, it's so far fetched. Like and then next thing I know, like six months later, a year later, it is just being bombarded upon us. And it's scary. And yeah. we took some steps this last year. I think we should have went further. I'm hopeful that we go further next year on some steps. I'm pushing back on some of these things to make sure we're doing all we possibly can to push back on ESG. But, Jen, it's a fair concern, right? But I think it's broader than just the port. And so one of the things, uh, you know, in fact, I think the port actually helps Utah be able to control its own destiny more so than to be independent upon some of these other states that would help. Uh, that would be pushing it because another one of the goals of the inland port is to bring manufacturing back to the United States and specifically to Utah. Uh, whether it's uh, <clears throat> manufacturing that needs uh, rail line or rail service because the, the, the goods that's being manufactured is bigger than what should, should be shipped on a truck or it's more efficient to ship on trains. So rail service is a, a, a key component to that. Or maybe it's something smaller like drugs or something else that can fit in the, the bellies of the airplanes um, that fly in and out. I mean, you look at Delta, it, you know, it's uh, Delta, Utah, Salt Lake City, Delta is one of the biggest yeah. hubs uh, in, in the world. And we have daily flights flying in from all, the world, all, all over the world. What if we were able to get some of those things in the bellies of these airplanes as they're flying in uh, to Utah? to help us become more independent from the rest of the world. Right. Now, you mentioned rail growth, and I assume with the, with the port, a lot of job creation, a lot of growth there, too. But going back to what you said earlier about your concerns for Utah yeah. and all this exponential growth, 
that seems to be a contradiction if we're talking about growth and also yeah. concerns on growth. So certainly it's something that we need to be really cautious of in the Salt Lake Northwest quadrant, right? Uh, look, most of that's already being developed out anyways. Most of it's being come in warehouse and distribution, right? That's not, I don't think, anything that none of us would say is good economic development, it's something that's good for the citizens of the state. We don't want to be a distribution distribution center so that's one of our goals is how can we figure out how can we come and have less distribution more manufacturing how can we become more dependent upon the things that we make here in utah how can we make sure that happens now one of the main po uh, focuses if you you've heard of uh, we're, we're really expanding off of the wasatch front into the rural parts of the state and uh, you know as i meet with county commissioners uh, from the rural areas, first things that one of the first things they said to me is, Representative, we are concerned because the number one thing we're exporting from our counties is our kids. Mm -hmm. So they want the opportunity. So if we can build a regional center in one county, let's say Cedar City, which is happening right now, um, then that benefits Beaver County, it benefits Iron County, and it benefits Washington County and some of the other counties surrounding uh, those those counties so if we can build a regional uh, place that benefits three or four counties that helps the kids that grow up in rural utah stay in rural utah i think that's good now there's also people that i think that want to live in rural utah as well mm -hmm. yeah. and i we come back to what keeps utah red there utah uh, rural utah is the reddest part of utah um, and so i think the more we can do to provide opportunities to for people to live in rural utah is good for utah yeah, not too long ago, Utah County was the reddest county in the nation. <laughs> yeah. And it was also, I would never call it completely rural, but it was more on the rural side. And as they've developed Utah County, you've noticed that it's turned purplish. And mm -hmm. why? Why is that? Do you know? Tech industry. Tech mm -hmm. industry. Yes. That's concerning, right? Yes. So that's... And that's leadership. <coughs> I would, I would mm -hmm. say leadership as well. So, so to me, the, the tech industry, uh, uh, it's certainly good and... Uh, for the economics for the state of Utah. I think that's, you know, we need to make sure that uh, we're, we have a well-rounded um, uh, e economy, but we can't be really dependent on tech. And tech right. does tend to bring uh, less conservative. Less conservative. <laughs> Wokeism. Let's, let's, call, call, it let's call it what it is. Wokeism. I mean, you drive down Utah County and you got Weave there to all in rainbow colors all, all, all the month. Corporations. To, all the yeah. corporations, yeah. To the state of Utah. And so, whereas if we can get manufacturing and those types of jobs that would attract more uh, and especially get them into rural areas and the rural parts of the state, then I think that's a win for Utah. Can I ask you a question, though? Um, is net zero, because obviously the port before, was very involved with net zero and SDG goals yeah. and that kind of thing. Um, where where is the new direction? Jen, you you we have sat down yeah. and you have had really valid concerns. Um, and uh, I thought when I first heard some of the things you're saying, there's no way that's accurate, right? That's not right. Turns out Jen's right. Jen's a, right? Jen is savage. Maybe Jen is the Alex Jones of you. No, no. <laughs> no, I'll tell you, Jen is Jen, Jen, and some no. of these girls out there and, and Utah Freedom Coalition, yeah. there are some people that have been doing a great job researching this stuff. Yeah. And uh, depending so, you so, so yeah. No, well, I, go ahead. No, but but uh, you know, we as we start to dig into it, yeah. she's spot on. Now most of that was done, all of it was done under the previous uh, board, the previous and it's I don't even want to put the 
on the board, but the previous leadership, right? Because that really they were the ones making the decisions. The board was dysfunctional, and uh, so uh, the, the executive director was running amok. Uh, and um, and so, I net zero doesn't work. No, right? It it's, just it's it, it it doesn't work. It's not realistic. Let's be realistic. It's, it's killing Europe. It's, yeah, look, it's, it's dangerous. Mm-hmm. Look, I think there's things we can do to make sure that we have a really environmentally friendly port and things that we should be doing to care about the environment. Right. But there's ways you can do it that's reasonable, that works. And so that's the balance that we're trying to strike. We want to make sure that we're environmentally friendly, right? If you look at the Northwest Quadrant, it is in an environmental sensitive area, right, uh, that, that we need to consider. Um, some of the things that happen out there and the way it develops and how it how it how it how it's built out um you know quite frankly you know i think that's one of the things that we've screwed up in the past uh in utah as in some of those environmental areas we didn't think about what you know what what would happen if we developed this out and could we have done it in a smarter way so i think there's there's a balance there to find uh that's our goal um net zero i is not even realistically right. and so that's why if you go through it we've there's nothing net zero anymore about the, the in the import but we do talk about what we can do to make sure that we're environmentally sustainable who tell us about jurisdiction <clears throat> with the inland port like who's i mean who owns the port who is who's, where, where is it where, located where, to begin so so the, the, there's there's uh we have two there's two locations on the port now um there is the the northwest quadrant right um, Salt Lake City still <coughs> controls, has land use control. All of that has been worked out with developers before the Inland Port actually came in um, through a development agreements, through private agreements between the, the property owners and uh, the uh, Salt Lake City. Um, so that's the Northwest Quadrant out there by the new prison and by the airport. That's where the, in, in along the Wasatch Front. And then also uh, in Iron County, I mentioned, is a new one um, that's, going in out there that we're looking to bring rail into and and bring uh, kind of help distribute ag products and bring ag product ag products in uh, as well as other products into the state so so it's controlled by the local governments of which they are located within so the land use is controlled by the local governments of, of in which they're in yes but what about the pid situation so the PID uh, the the private infrastructure development yes so that part is controlled by the inland port itself and what that is is inside of that area um, just inside the jurisdictional area um, the inland port can put a uh, a PID on the property to help pay for the rail tracks Uh, that's kind of that's like tax fines fees right not fines or fees, but an additional add add on to the property tax, only inside the jurisdictional right. area. So, so is it its own government, in a sense, operating out? How does that work? Not necessarily, because it, it does have that ability just on that 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 the PID tax, but all the other taxes are set by the other local jurisdictions. Nothing to do with the inland port, and so the PID just allows. Uh, for um, the, the inland port to go out and uh, create some revenue to put in the rail infrastructure or something along those lines. And what about eminent domain? Does the Utah inland port have any kind of eminent domain? Um, I, 
I'm almost positive the answer is no to that, but don't hold me to it. I don't believe they have any eminent domain powers, no. The part that that really boggles my mind, and this comes (coughs) up on a lot of our episodes, is Utah has (coughs) two-thirds federal land. Yeah. Yeah. We have plenty of lands. That's not the question. That that is within fair game. So, I mean, in in logic and reasoning, we shouldn't have to use eminent domain to capture land because there's plenty there. But yet it is still the threat, and you've seen it, especially when it comes to railways and, and other public projects. I, I don't believe you, I don't believe the Inland Port has eminent domain powers. So here's one of the questions I have, because this the Inland Port's come up several times, and it's, as far as I know, it's always been rejected by the people. Yes. How did we end up, okay, so how did we end up with this? If the people were constantly saying, no, we don't want it, how do we have an Inland Port? Well, I, so... I know the one in Salt Lake City was certainly uh, rejected by Salt Lake City residents. Uh, it was uh, more around the environmental concerns uh, out there, and that's why we're trying to be sensitive to the environmental. But the last polling that I saw uh, statewide, the favor- there, w- there was actually quite a bit of support for the Inland Port what is this? What is this polling? There was a polling done, I want to say, about a year, year and a half ago. And I don't remember the numbers. but Is this I remember like stakeholder like, type polling? Or was it to I, the public? Was it beyond the stakeholders? Like no, yeah, this was, this was, this was a, 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 public. a public all across the state, yes. So, yeah, if you go pull the people downtown Salt Lake City, they don't like being poor. <laughs> they don't like anything about it. They don't like the, what it stands for. They don't like anything about it. Yeah, as far as yeah. I know, it w- it's been fairly clearly rejected by the people. It has been. It, it has been. Yeah. But I do think the nice thing, and I'll let him answer, but is, and I will say this, is somebody who's very critical of the port, it's made me very angry, um, is that Utah does need a statewide port in order to transport goods. It does. It just needs a good port that's for Utah and for America and not for global interest groups and global agendas and that's you know what utah what it needs and so and he knows yeah. this i told him and ben this yeah. um i i'm watching so so how, <laughs> how do we how do we make it. sure then that that, that <laughs> the people because because the, because the again there is a the form of government we have is that there's a god that all the individuals are sovereign individuals and that we create government to serve and represent the people yeah uh, and so the government is there to serve the people and represent the people. So how do we make sure this inland port is moves forward in a way that the people actually have influence on what is happening, rather than the people end yes. up being victims of what happened? No, that's a that's a very fa- a very fair and valid point. And I think that kind of comes back to the conversation we were talking about before. It's really important in the people that we elect to represent us in the state of Utah because it does have a direct impact on our daily lives. And so that's how you control it. Uh, y- you really have to. If, if you don't, then it can it could spin away into what California is and other states have. So that's one thing that I hope we always do in Utah is really make sure we're electing good people. The so right I do people. have a question, though, with yeah. that. Just, as, just a point from another, um, and I'm just going to bring, and I know that you, <laughs> SB 31, the flag, yeah. um, the people were very much saying we don't want it. And it got through anyway. So 
So I feel like, and this just goes as a broad. I'm not accusing anyone. I'm saying as a broad, overreaching. You're not accusing Dan McKay? <laughs> well, yeah. Dan, yeah. But I mean, like, but um, I mean, that goes without saying. But as a general, and I, this can go beyond the flag, right? It can go to, uh, it can go to digital IDs. It can go to anything. The people do not feel heard, and I'm one of them. We do not feel heard. We go, we, we go to these meetings, we send emails, we call. We, I mean, they're doing a referendum. You know, they've done no. petitions. We are not being heard. And well, I, so I agree with you, the representatives, but what happens when the representatives are not listening to the people? So I polled my district yeah. on, on the flag issue. Yeah. And I, it was like 26% oppose it, uh, or sorry, 26% support it, 27, 28% oppose it, and like 48% didn't care. That was actual polling from my, my district. Mm-hmm. Um, that, that was, I would say that's probably from everything I saw, probably one of the most favorable districts I'm aware of for the yeah. flag. Uh, because most, most people were definitely but see, against also it. Also, pay polls. attention to what he said, though. Go ahead. Didn't care. Most it's people, not that they were for it. They didn't care. Most people yeah. didn't care one way yeah. or the other. I, look, the, the, the way that the process is playing out, right? So if there's something that the people don't like that the legislature passed, they have two ways they can uh, fix it. And they, they're going through it. And I'm supportive. Of that, and have been supportive of it. I haven't been like some of the others that have been but out. We trying don't to have money. As well. I just want to point this out: the grassroots does not have the money. Yeah. So when when special interest groups, and I'm just, you can pull any of them, right? Actually, look at SB 54. We all know what happened there, and the threats that were given, right? On if yeah. if you didn't submit, um, because those special interest groups do have backing of an insane amount of money. The grassroots Utah, the people do not have that money. And so to do a referendum, is it's expensive. And they don't have the reach because they're being censored <laughs> um, to get the people. So I'm just saying there has to be a, a two-way discussion on that, right? And understanding the limitations also of what the people have and can do. Because if you remember the session, they took away more of our referendum rights. So... Well, I, yeah. I think I think there is that ability there, uh, yeah. honestly, um, for it to have. And I get it. It's not an easy process. And to be honest with you, we don't want it in an easy process. Right. Because that's how California, that's yeah. honestly, most of the bad stuff that gets passed in California True. isn't done by the legislature. It's done by the referendum no, process. No, and to Jen's pro- point, you have special interests that come in and fund these, these things. And so uh, there's trying to find that balance. I think Utah's done a pretty good job. Uh, finding that balance, honestly. I mean, you look at the tax reform uh, thing a couple of years ago, and it worked. Yeah, that right? one, that yeah. one definitely. It, did. That it, was a great it, it, it worked, and um, I, I, so I think that's that's there. And I think that again, if the people don't want it, I, they they will have their choice to to, to vote well, on it at the ballot box, and I support that. Yeah, I think as the flag goes, I think it's that's, I th- I think that was a bad decision to to push that on people because it's it's really created a lot of animosity and a feeling of resentment from a lot of the people towards legislators. I mean, Dan McKay calling people out. I mean, literally calling people names online. I mean, that stuff doesn't go away. And I mean, and, and the problem is the people then feel like this is not representative. These are bullies mm-hmm. who are, who have an agenda and are just jamming it down our throats. And they, well, I will tell you, it's not done a lot to incur goodwill towards, and, and it's caused yeah. more separation. I mean, you got Dan McKay again. <laughs> I mean, he, having someone arrested wearing a we the people shirt i mean it's yeah. there's 
we need what we need is is good relationships with the reps and, yes, and the people. Yes, which is what we yeah. do want. Yeah, <laughs> I which think I think that goes both ways yes, though too, right? I agree. I, that I agree. that is a two way street, and yes. I think we need to make sure that we have a, a we can agree to disagree and be respectful about absolutely it, right? yes. on which, all sides. Which yes. is why I appreciate you coming on the yeah, show and having a say. conversation. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, because I think this is what we courage. need more of. I was warned not to. Yeah, <laughs> I, uh, I, I, can, I can pro- I can guarantee you were. <laughs> we expected that. But, 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 well. but how do we ever have discourse or get anywhere or solve anything if people won't talk to each that, other? That's so why I'm here. thank you. No, that's yeah. why I'm here because I think that's important. I think yeah. we can, and I've learned some stuff by having these conversations with Jen. She pointed out some stuff that I didn't know about. And it's good. We went back, researched and like, Holy cow, she was right. Yeah. And so I think that's good. And I didn't know about it. And we had the opportunity to go in and fix it and clean it up. Well, and same with you guys. You guys inform me of new stuff. And that's the point of this show. This point, the show is is to educate. And especially we do a lot with with Chelsea to show the bills. And and it's not a one-way street. It's not saying, you know, these are the bad guys. We're inviting the conversation. We're bringing the awareness so you know, as viewers, as constituents, what we need to pay attention right. to, and then we invite the conversation. So I think the conversation is as important as the education. Alexia, you couldn't have said it better. I think it's so important, and thank you for doing that. Yeah. That's why I married her. <laughs> 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 All right, so let's talk about UDOT and Transportation yeah. SB 125. Uh, they're talking about electrifying the entire transit system. Yeah. Yes. Do, do you foresee a problem with that? Okay, so I need to wrap my head around this just a little bit. So, so do I. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, you talk about... Um, the trucks. W- w- yeah, you talk about trucks, you talk about the railways, you talk about manufacturing. All of these things are the enemies of the climate activists. And, and what is the solution is where everything is going to be electric. Electric cars will save us. Everything's smart. <laughs> smart Everything this, smart, smart that, electric. Everything yeah, can be turned off and passed on. passed a bill 2035. Yeah. All vehicles yes. sold in California has to be electric. Like, right. where, like this makes no sense to me. Yeah. It doesn't, None. but that but is SB the direction. But SB 125 electrifies the entire transit system, which to yes. me that seems so almost right now, radical. Yeah, you can still have your regular cars, but they are electrifying the entire transit system. So it's this is a thing so Utah does often. They do this tiptoe, tiptoe, like like know. like uh, so like digital ID. Let, let yeah. me let me tell you what I know. So I yeah. don't know specifically because I can't remember that exact. But let sure. me tell you one of the things that we have been talking about for a really long time is electrifying electrifying uh, Front Runner. I th- I think that's what that's that's part. I think it's that's part, part of, of it. it. Yeah, part because it. the reason why people don't get on front runner is because it's they can drive it so much faster, right? Well, we're going to come to a point in time to where we're going to have to rely on front runner because we cannot build our freeways wide enough. You look at Utah County, Salt Lake County, they're maxed out. We can build them a little wider going north, uh, and we're in the process of doing that. But you look at 10, 15 years from now, our freeways are going to become jam-packed. And so do we really want to rely on the old front runner system to get us up and down the Wasatch Front? We can't. You go to some of these other places around the world that have electric trains um, and how fast they go and their acceleration speed, and that's something that we're looking at in Utah to get those trains up past eight right now, 79 miles an hour, I think it is, is the fastest Well, and you guys can go. brought one, right, from... Isn't is Switzerland, is that what yeah, it was? So Stadler, Stadler yeah. Rail, um, they manufacture those types of, of facilities. They, they are uh, uh, a, a company here in Utah 
that builds uh, those train cars for all over the world, mostly in the United States. Um, but uh, yeah, so it's something that we're looking at. It's something that we're we're considering, and it, you know, in my opinion, I think that's something where we have to go along the Wasatch uh, Front on the front runner. But, that's but, what. Uh, that's the only conversation that I'm aware of. That's okay, because because part of that is also about having our tr- the the trucking the trucks actually being electric trucks hauling yeah. everything in and out and. Yeah, and I don't see how that works. It doesn't. Yeah. <laughs> the yeah. trucking, I think, could tell you that because yeah. of the cost. But that's yeah. the goal. If you read a lot of, and again, it was the old port, so I need to emphasize that. Um, there's a lot of information in there that, number one, hints to getting rid of trucking or minimizing it as much as possible. And I get the traffic. I'm yeah. not. But in a, moving it all the way over to rail and electrifying the system and then um, with the current bills that have happened, and you and I talked a little bit about this with the road usage, you know, charging, EVs, all that stuff. What we're seeing as the public, right, if you look at the big picture, is that bill, which is a, it's working with Aspire's, what is it, um, research, electrification, roadmap deal. Um, it's looking like the car is number one, and I'm quoting Envision Utah, de-emphasize the vehicle. So we're getting rid of the car, which we already see what's happening in Europe. We can see what's going on. Um, And that's where it looks like Utah's going, where they're going to force us into electric, and then you're going to charge us per mile for to drive. It's looking a little scary. Personally, (laughs) I don't see how the per mile charge works, right? So it's a pilot program. Honestly, I, I, I truly don't see and understand how that's going to work going into the future and how we're going to pay for our transportation system off of that, off of that system. So I think, uh, the, and, and they're showing it now, the pilot program costs more to run right. than, you, than the revenue that you bring, that brings in. I think you're going to see that continue to happen. Um, I think there's other ways, you know, th- sure. to pay for our, our, uh, our road system that are better and more economical and better Well, and maybe less practices. surveillance, because how do you less do the surveillance. <laughs> that, right. That's a problem, right? Yeah. Right. So as we move into electric um, and, and electrifying the grid, and then you talked about what they're doing, is which getting cars off the road, and you, then you look what's going on in Europe. Um, tell us your thoughts on the World Economic Forum, because a lot of this stuff is coming out of the World Economic Forum, that where they're talking about moving towards smart cities, moving towards getting people off the roads, uh, we're seeing that in Europe, and it seems like we're seeing a lot of the patterns starting to happen here. Tell us your thoughts on that. It doesn't work. It can't work. Look, I don't, I'm not, I don't like this consolidation of small businesses uh, into larger businesses in America drives me bonkers. I'm a small business guy, right? I think that's how we're, we, we, our nation was founded. I, I don't like how corporations buy up all these smaller companies and become big, bigger, 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 bigger to the point to where we are so dependent on one great big giant corporation. And then if they want to start pushing ESG and some of the other things, that's concerning to me. So it's monopoly. I, I don't like that. I, I, I'm a firm believer in the free market system, and I'm a firm believer that competition is better for the citizens of the, the state and certainly Utah. And so I don't see how the world, the World Economic Forum is that on steroids, basically. They want to control everything, globalize everything. 
that's concerning to me. I don't think it works. Yeah, because it, it is the exact opposite of the conversation, the comment we had at the very beginning of this, which is the Founding Fathers believed that the, that the smallest government, the government closest to you, is the government that should have the most yes. impact on your life. And where we're seeing this country move, and a lot of corporations is moving that power away from us and you to these unelected bureaucrats, and whether it's the United Nations, whether yeah. it's the, the WHO, or whether it's the World Economic Forum. Um, but my concern is we're seeing their tentacles reach right into, into Utah, into our yes. backyard. One of the things that the World Economic Forum pushes is smart cities. Uh, we've got one right here at the point, a 15-minute city. Uh, tell, tell us your thoughts on that. Well, I, I don't know the details of the point, per se, um, I, and I don't know the exact details of the smart cities. I think good planning practices um, should incorporate uh, so that people can live, work, and eat, and play, and shop, and do all the above in the same general area, right? I think that's a good planning practice. Um, now, what concerns me, and some of the things I've heard, is they're taking that again and putting it on steroids, right? Mm-hmm. Um, Surveillance. Yeah, like that, yeah. that, to where they're controlling everything, that is really concerning to me, and many other people, I mean, and rightfully so, I... So I think, you know, we have to be careful because we can't let that creep into uh, some of the things that's happening. And I hope it never creeps into Utah. And, and we ought to look at what's happening at the point to make sure that, that, that that's not creeping in, in, into to Utah. So for our listeners, because there are a lot, like I said, it's, it's actually amazing because it's, I mean, literally it's awesome. We've got these college kids coming to the gym and saying, hey, yeah. you know, thanks for, you know, talk down about smart cities. What do we do to stop it? So what would you tell these, you know, these college kids that are concerned when, because they, they see the you know, Klaus Schwab talk about, you'll own nothing, be happy. They see them talk about these things, and then they see a lot of these things that, that, that I will tell you appears like we're starting to see in our own backyard. What would you tell these kids uh, that are concerned about this? And then you see the point, which is literally a 15-minute city, and you see uh, their website, and it mirrors very much some of the things you see on the World Economic Forum, and they're concerned. What would you tell to some of these youth? Well, I think it's a fair concern. And I think, one, it's a supply and demand thing, right? And so if there's the demand there and people want to live there, then it's going to grow and become bigger. But if we push back and people don't move there and it doesn't work, then uh, it's the same thing I say with people that want to talk about Disney. Well, then don't buy Disney products, right? I mean, that's Bud Light, right? Who's going to buy Bud Light again, right? Sure. I mean, I think that's how we push back. I think that's our number one thing we can do to push back is look and line, uh, align areas. And, again, that's why I'm such a big proponent of, rural, of putting the inland port in rural Utahs and giving them the, uh, and giving them the opportunity uh, because then that gives those opportunities for those kids. Uh, and, and I think that at the end of the day, the free market rules, and that's what we'll – I think we'll – have the opportunity to push back well i absolutely hope so because one of the things that we're concerned about is a lot of people feel like well when did we have when did, most people feel like they never even knew this stuff was going on they didn't most oh. people didn't even and, though and the point says that they did they did not well, right most people had no idea until yeah, honestly it was honestly i want to thank cox because he, I, he's the one that really <laughs> brought everyone's attention by the way he reacted i mean honestly cox he should just he should have just kind of re- well, a- answered in a way that didn't ex- make it look really like there's a bigger problem there. Well, but but I think a lot of people feel like, hey, um, well, when did we vote on this? So how do I push back if, I did, if, they, if they're building this without yeah. – when was the public informed on it? When, did, when was there any conversation, which goes to the question we had about the port, 
when, you know, these things are being built, um, you know, the UN's having meetings in, in Utah, which they don't have anywhere else except <laughs> New York. I feel well, like and we got a shout out on WEF for our well, 15 minutes. And, and the World Economic <laughs> Forum literally has an article talking about you praising Utah for leading the charge with 15 minute wow. cities. So, yeah. so I, so I, want, I don't, I don't want to attack. What I, what I want yeah. to do is thank you very much. And I hope our listeners uh, will, you know, Mike Schultz, your rep, I, I you know, hope you'll thank him for, for coming on here and having yeah. like an honest conversation because yeah. I mean, and, and that's what I really, I mean, it, what Governor Cox could have done is just say, hey, you know what? I understand there's some things there. Maybe there's some misunderstanding here. Let's have a conversation instead of blowing up and, you know, swearing and acting you like You brought child. up a really good question. And there was a lot of things that happened at the port before I was there that I didn't even know about, right? As yeah. the majority leader uh, and as a, a current board member, like, I had no idea some of these things were being done behind the scenes uh, uh, on the, in the port in the, under the previous administration. Right. And so how, you're right, how do people know uh, and find out. I mean, if I didn't even know about a lot of those things that were happening. Yeah. And that's why it's important to have these conversations because the conversation I had with Jen, my eyes were really open to some of these things that were happening in the past. And honestly, it it is going to help us put some uh, guardrails in place to make sure when I'm gone and others are gone that now that see... That, that they don't happen again or try our best okay. to make sure that they don't happen well, again. Well, and he opened my eyes to a lot of stuff well, that had changed. So that's, so, these conversations have so to happen. Yeah. Here, here's what I want to shout out to our listeners. First off, um, <laughs> Jen is, and I loved your intro, she's a citizen. Yep. <laughs> she is you, to our, to our viewers, to, our, to, to those who are watching. Uh, Jen has simply said, you know what, this is my country. She, she understands she has a God-given right to that her children are and her, you know, posterity is depending on her, that it's not up to President Trump or some president to save us. Right. It, that all of us have a stake in this country. And even as a regular citizen, she can go and she can study these bills. And we have good representatives that are, that, that will communicate and sit down and yeah. talk with regular people. Right. It, that, that sometimes these bills, like I said, they're getting so many bills pushed through. They, they, they do not know all the time what's in them. Uh, which is why I want to give a shout out to, to Utah Freedom Coalition, which is if you want to know about some more of these bills or, or get more involved, reach out to these, some of these organizations out there. There's some phenomenal organizations. And then the other thing you do is have a conversation with your rep. Um, it's, it's easy to think all politicians are bad. Um, it's just not the case. It, it is just not the case. Uh, are there corrupt politicians? I can promise you there are. Am I right? <laughs> oh, yes. There, there always is. And yeah. always Okay, will be, because power attracts the yeah. worst yeah. and corrupts the best. So, and that's what the founding fathers knew. That, that's why we have a constitution, is for the people to put checks and balances on a representative. So I want to shout out to Jen. And, and I really want to give a shout out you know, to Representative Schultz, because um, these are the guys that, that, that should have a, that we need having a bigger impact on our lives. We need to pull the power away from the Romneys. We need to pull the power away from our the federal government. Absolutely. And we need and we need to put a constitutional wall around the state of Utah. We Utah yes. is what matters. We need to build yes. the wall around Utah. <laughs> yes. That's right. And the constitutional that's, that's wall. That's right. That's yeah. right. And I, and I'll tell you what 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 we're pushing is hey, why does the federal government own 70% of our land? Yeah. yeah. Like that's where Control we need to be pushing is yeah. we need to get the federal government out of Utah. We're working on that. Yeah. <laughs> Love that. I can't Hats go into all the you. details, yeah. but, but we need to get the federal out. government out of here, and, and yeah. we need to get the World Economic Forum. We need to get the UN and anyone who's got these and China. Yes. China. Yeah. You know, China has way too deep a ties into Utah. Yeah. That needs to be rectified. But um, 
Well, you and know, I also want to say thanks to Ben Hart, too. It was yeah. pri- He's not here today. But I also want to point that out because he is the director of the port. Okay. So with all of these different places, the point, all of these different ones, it's almost impossible to get them to communicate. So I also want to say thanks to Ben for sitting down and talking with yeah. with the regular people. But awesome. this is why yeah. it's important to have a conversation with your reps. Your reps might not know about these things. The same way you're yep. learning from Jen and Jen's learning from you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's important because I think there are a lot of good reps out there with good intentions that just genuinely don't know. Right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, closing thoughts. Maybe do you have any closing thoughts? Oh, I have like... <laughs> Ten other questions. Trent Staggs is probably ready to kill me after our last show with him. But I have so I, we'd love to have you back. We'd li- especially with some of the bills you're working on. It sounds like you're working on some good stuff. Absolutely. Uh, really appreciate your time here. I'd really love to get into water and the Great Salt Lake. Yeah. Uh, really would love to get into AI and uh, the digital yeah. ID. Yeah. That's um, scary. Yeah. Um, yeah. And there there is a lot to talk about. But absolutely. But thanks for coming on. We'd love to have you back. Thanks and, and for having me. I appreciate. Yeah, it. Mike Schultz. You know, how about we give you closing thoughts? Yes. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> no pressure. No <laughs> pressure. Because again, because again, I, I do. I want to. I do. I want to. I want to say thank you for coming yeah. on. Because because I will tell you this. Most state reps yeah. don't have the balls to come in here. <laughs> yeah. you, and you know it's true, true, don't you? I do. Well, yeah. he has been. I warned. was warned, but it's okay. I look. We're not perfect in the state of Utah, and nor will we ever be perfect. Right. Government is not perfect. That's why we need to do all we can to keep government small. Uh, that is one thing that I'm focused on. I know many other reps are, and we have to. We cannot let Utah become Arizona, Nevada, Colorado. Or what Utah is becoming. Right, and there's things that are scary to me. Um, that you know, I mean, look at UTA, right? And I don't know if you paid attention yes. or followed my comments. Yeah. With yes. UTA. Like, our government entities need to stay out of those things, right? Mm-hmm. And just mm-hmm. focus on serving the people, what you're required or uh, tasked to do. So I, I think, I know, we're really fortunate in Utah. We're not perfect. But if you look at many of the other states, uh, you know, for our growth, our size, what's happening, we're doing a pretty good job overall uh, in the state of Utah. Uh, certainly, uh, we appreciate the criticism, honestly, because it makes us better. Yeah. Um, and uh, so I think, you know, we're, most of the reps that, uh, and uh, senators that are elected really are good people that are there trying to do what they believe the right thing for Utah. And I think helping them understand some of your thoughts and concerns always helps. And so yeah. I appreciate Jen reaching out and having the conversation because it has been an eye-opening uh, to me. I appreciate you guys, Alexia, Jason, thanks for having me on and, and being being kind to me. I, <laughs> I'd recommend it. Right? Just so. wait till the show ends. Yeah. <laughs> Click. <laughs> no, I think it was fair, a fair uh, a fair discussion, a fair debate. I think you brought up some of the concerns and uh, honestly, there's a few things that I learned that I need to go back and, and check into uh, with uh, The Point and uh, Smart Cities and some of those things and so I'll do that. God well, bless you. Can I just ask him yeah. one last? Yeah. Yeah. What are the goals in the future for the port? Just some, you know, yeah. you know. So the good question. So again, I, I'm a big picture guy, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so I would love nothing more than to give the port of Long Beach the bird. Okay, and go work something out. Yeah. We agree. That's yeah. a great goal. We're, we're with you. With, with uh, a port in Texas or something like that. There's a new rail line going in that may op- open up opportunities there. Right. We want to do all we can to support that. Uh, you know, certainly we, you know, <laughs> we travel, things travel four ways in this nation, right? Air, 
land, roads, uh, sea, and rail, right? So we have three of the above. In fact, all three of the above cross right here in Utah being the crossroads of the West. So uh, how can we interact or bring uh, the sea uh, into Utah so that we can get goods directly from Texas or another state that might be more friendly to us uh, and bring them directly into Utah. That's the long-term goal for Utah, as well as bringing the manufacturing in to make uh, Utah more self-sustaining. Uh, that's, that's an important one. All right, uh, to our viewers, thank you guys for watching. Um, if, you, if you enjoyed this, please like, please share. And more and important, then ask your reps to join and talk with yes. us too. Yes, <laughs> reach, reach out to your reps. Uh, we'd love to have more reps. There's obviously a lot of questions that uh, we we can dive into, and and this is you know this is this is what is needed is, is people seeing each other as they are as human beings, not not out there is is they versus us is is we're all human beings. We all I, have I to think, live in this. Yes, <laughs> yes, and we all have to live with what's happening. And but um, you know. This is our country, and, and this is, and, and we live in an incredible time right now. I mean, we live in, in I would say, prophetic times. You look at everything going on right now, the digitate, you know, what's going on with money, okay. what's going on with ESG, what's going on with the World Economic Forum. I mean, the fourth industrial, it, the revolution. fourth industrial revolution, which apparently they, with it, Utah is the birthplace, <laughs> according to Deseret News. Uh, again, there's some things that were, there are reasons to be concerned, but we're not helpless, are we? No, no, we're not. And 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 again, Jen is the example. Chelsea, you know, right here regular people stepping up and, and getting involved. We are, we're not meant to sit on the sidelines. We are meant to play leading roles. Correct. We were, we were sent to play leading roles in what is, to, what is happening and what is to come. So get involved, get in the fight, and uh, God bless you. God bless America. Thank you, Mike Schultz. Thank you.